Teens Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queens Lead Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I'm honored to be joined by Angel and Tina. They are with My Tiny Sprouts. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Thank you nice for having to us. You. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Angel, you are the ringleader of this outfit. Is that right? <laughs> we kind of collaborate together to make this. And um, I am the um, educational psychologist by trade and um, a creative um, educator. So, okay. um, yeah, and Tina is the designer behind this whole operation. So. Okay. Hi, Tina. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So you are a designer by trade. Is that what she said? Yes, I actually came from a fashion background and business background as well. I used to work in Fortune 500 companies for many years, many companies. So did a lot of mergers and acquisitions and the unfun things in the corporate world. But my passion yeah. has always been design, and I spent time in New York City working in, in media and fashion. So that's kind awesome. of my background. <laughs> and I understand you're both, they're in California now, but you're both from Dallas. Yes. Who wants to tell the story about how you guys met in Dallas and wh what took you to California? Uh, that is a very interesting story. So we actually went to high school together at in Richardson, Texas. Nice. And after high school, we, you know, went off to college and did our own thing. I moved to another country for a while. We haven't seen each other for like 15 years or so. Oh, and wow. one day I was down in Pleasanton, California, and I took a picture and posted it on Facebook. And an angel commented and said, is that Pleasanton? Just looking at the corner of the tree. She was like, is that Pleasanton? Oh, my gosh. I said, yes, it is. But California, not Texas, thinking she was still in Texas. And she goes, no, I live in Pleasanton. So we discovered we only lived about three or four miles apart. Oh, my gosh. After not seeing each other for 15 years. <laughs> oh my word that's so wild and it was what, what, where is this in the timeline like this what year was, was that 2017 I believe okay 2017. wow so, so we're you mothers were by then we're we're mothers but already so <laughs> yeah and how old yeah. were your kids at that time yeah or how at old are they time? now um well they're now um 16, almost 15, and eight. And Tina has two boys. And I didn't even have my second one when we first, when we ran into each other again. So when we started working on the company, it was before my actual second son. So I only had one and now I have two, a 10 and yeah. a five. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we heard a little bit my about- youngest, My youngest was a baby, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this has been quite a reunion, I guess. So Tina, you, you told us a little bit about like, Fairly grazed on what you had done, kind of in corporate and design world. Angel, what have you been doing during that after high school to then point? Yeah, so um, I worked in the research realm and educator realm, and you know, just you know, working in the research realm. It really, really, you know, what struck me most was that um, there was like a disconnect between the the academia and what's actually being implemented in the real world by the real yeah. teacher that's hands-on working with the kids working with the family so and 
that wasn't really magnified until I became a parent. And, you know, you know, being this educating educator realm so long, like I know what's available to us. And, you know, I obviously use that in my child rearing practices, but mm-hmm. obviously that's not so with my friends. And it was just, you know, they were asking me for different advice and things like that. So um, it was kind of interesting that, um, so I, I talked with that with Tina, so she, she might have something to say with that. So it was just, you know, it was like, what a shame, you know, that all these great resources is not available to everybody, you yeah. know? And, and a lot of times, like, if you have a problem, you have to wait until it's, it becomes a, such a big problem that you cannot handle this yourself. And then you have to seek out professional help. And by that time, it might take another, you know, five, 10 years to fix that problem that, you know, that <laughs> it could have easily been fixed, you know, yeah. in the beginning. So Definitely. that was where, you know, we kind of put our heads together and then trying to come up with what we're, we have right now. Yeah. So do, do you guys find that it was being, that the knowledge that had been aggregated in academia was being, well, obviously not only are parents not privy to this information, these great tools and resources, but did you find that there was just a huge disparity of which educators were using what tool and maybe some of them weren't even aware of it or were just underutilizing the resources to them in the classroom or is it really just primarily to the, to the parent? I think there's a huge gap in both areas. First of all, what, what's available to families, if you go to like Target or other you know, department stores, the kind yeah. of games that are teaching social emotional skills kind of graze the surface. They introduce you to eight emotions that you probably already know about. And, but you felt like you did something because you purchased it, purchased it for $10, $20. And then you yeah. have the therapy games, which were over $200. And they didn't care about uh, marketing how it looked or how fun it was. It was really for someone who was already experiencing problems, like Angel said, who had to go see a therapist at that point. They had all these resources to use. So mm-hmm. in between that, what about the people in between, right? Like, is there a preventative way we can introduce these techniques that's available to the therapists and counselors in the academic realm and provide them to everybody, all yeah. families? So mm-hmm. that's basically what we did was we decided, okay, we have to provide something middle tier that goes deep, but is also simple and fun enough that families can take home and use because you can't expect a, a mom and dad to um, teach their children like a therapist would or a counselor would. Yeah. So, so basically trying to bridge that gap. I think Angel got kicked off. Are Sorry you there? about that. I don't know what happened. Okay. <laughs> no worries. I was like, what happened to my speaker? I know. I think like something my messed up. just went blank. I'm like, what? And I, I was trying to text you, but. <laughs> Sorry. Life tools. No worries. There, see, there's a great blooper. We get, we get kicked off. We get knocked down, but we get up again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Roll with the punches. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. So had either of you ever been in the classroom uh, setting or in, um, as a teacher or as a therapist on the, on the emotional health side? Yes. So Not me. I, you know, I was, uh... <laughs> <Not> me. <laughs> I, I was, uh, um, I, te- I taught for a long period of times. Um, so I, you know, I've been working with the kids, you know, from three-year-old all the way to college. So, okay. um, you know, as well as, you know, doing parent coaching as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
So in the educators realm, going back to what, what, where, we, where I left off yeah. before, um, I do see a lot of disconnect, not just with the family, you know, um, in a family setting, I see that in the classroom as well. A lot of times, um, you know, the it's I, I think it's a whole educational system where the whole, whole bureaucracy and things like that, the top people, they might have this grand vision of what to do, how to do it. But there's, you know, when you're not hands on and doing things, you know, down there. <laughs> yeah, it just you're, felt, the, you're really not elbow deep down. with these kids, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just really difference. difficult to trickle down. And there's a lot of um, implementation um, limitations you know, with the policies, this law or whatever. So it's mm -hmm. really, really difficult to do that. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, what is the best way to get people these strategies without going through all this different bottlenecks? Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like entrepreneur <laughs> entrepreneurship, I think that, you know, for us to bring this out, into the market where it's accessible to everybody. I think that was the most direct way. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Tina, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think she basically added to what I was talking about. We were talking about the gap between what's available to the market and what's not. And there's just, there's a space that needs to be filled in the preventative measures that instead of, you know, having to already run into a problem, see a therapist, you have this gap in between where you can actually play at home and it actually helps them develop social and emotional skills. Even today, mm -hmm. you were asking a question earlier, Amy, about, you know, do we see any gaps in schools? Even when seeing our kids go to school and what they bring back in terms of mental um, with mindfulness journals and things like that, it really is just, okay, if there's extra time, here's a few sheets to work on. So mm -hmm. there's still not a lot of focused time working with the children in this area. And it yeah. makes sense because in academic space, you want um, results to be quantitative, right? And yeah. soft skills are not quantitative. So you can't say, oh, my class is now 30% kinder. That's not something you can right. measure. And hence no. schools are put less time on that. They want to stress the academic factor. So those mm -hmm. are there's a lot of gaps that we're really playing with when we introduce this game to the market. Yeah, for sure. And not only um, not only that measurability, but like how can you even get to the accurate measurability of what they're able to achieve academically? If they're not in the right headspace emotionally, exactly. I can only imagine, especially, I mean, at all ages, but at, at the, at the elementary school level, I mean, you're just trying to keep up with 20 children and keep them safe and, and, you know, still, and, and all the million, make sure they're fed. And maybe, I mean, some of them are worried about not having a parent at home or major issues that are right. so far beyond learning how to read or do arithmetic that, that their mind can't even be on on those topics. And as a, as a teacher, I can't imagine the overwhelm because it seems to me, at least since my exit from school and all my children having gone through school now and on the last one, bless God, uh, <laughs> at age 14, uh, the counselors are there as jugglers. They juggle schedules. They're just trying to be like a facilitator. And it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of mental uh, or, or mental health awareness or, or anything, unless, like you said, Tina, you already have a problem. And then mm -hmm. you're that kid that's going to the therapy group or you're going to the counselor and everybody knows it's not some approachable game, which, you know, is a completely different, it's a completely different conversation now. 
Exactly. Right. exactly. And I, be, I feel like it extends beyond the school years as well. Mm. You know, it's about, I, I would definitely feel that here in the Silicon Valley, um, you know, like when you go into the real world workspace, you know, it's even more so to actually tap into that emotional um, component. You know, you, you can't, you can be so technically savvy, um, you know, in whatever area that you're in, but if you're not able to play well with others you cannot talk to others you cannot communicate with others yes. you know um it really you know stunt your career oh you know? yeah absolutely you know um so we do see that a lot here as well so so tell us i'm so glad you started talking about the communication piece because it's huge right like if we can't communicate our needs or our feelings or our ideas or anything we really can't function with anyone much less school or work or otherwise um so talk a little bit about the product tell us about like the first product and what you guys have now and um how that's evolved and, and helped people i'm so curious to know what ages um that this can be started at and what it's still effective to and and all of the things about it now which I can start and Angel, you can add. Yeah, go ahead, the second yeah. part. Well, we saw the problem, right? The problem was what we talked about, the lack, the gap. And also we did a lot of research at the beginning of this, looking at the drop in empathy. They actually did an empathy study from 1979 all the way till today. And then um, it actually raised slightly in the 1990s. So, you know, in the 90s, everybody got a little more empathetic, but then it dropped <laughs> by 45% by 2009. And wow. it actually, and it, matches with the curve of people using smartphones and looking down on their phones and you're being exposed to more things. But then it dropped another 15% just during the pandemic alone. And this is self-assessment. This is asking questions like, if you see this, do you feel empathy? No, I don't care. You know, like, and also 23% mm -hmm. of the people that they surveyed don't even think empathy is important anymore. So, so that's important, right? So this is the environment that we were, were going through. So with that, we were like, okay, what if we created a book and we started there growing a subscription box, maybe create toolkits. And with just the two of us and we have kids, there's five kids between us. <laughs> that cake was too big to bite into. So <laughs> yeah, right. So we basically said, okay, how about play therapy? Because in play, I mean, there's so much, so many it's powerful techniques just in play therapy alone, being able to have children play and learn while doing it. So we said, okay, what if we create it into a game? And then we mm -hmm. had two decisions to make. Do we want to make it an app or do we make it an actual game? Mm -hmm. And I can show you the research on that, but basically just sitting there and playing a board game has its own benefits within, you know, bonding in the family and everything. Yeah. And we don't want to compete with another app where kids basically are on the tablet by themselves and, you know, trying to yeah. learn empathy. That's kind of, not uh, very, yeah, kind uh, of the anti <laughs> that's anti-branded yeah exactly yeah, so right. that's when we started building a game and then you know we went we had so many versions maybe 20 something and we started off okay what what can we play with what are the characters what what is the main you know concept behind it but the main thing is it had to be cooperative because we can't have kids win at the expense of someone else losing because that's also contradicting to what we're trying to teach so we basically from there started designing a superhero theme, made it co cooperative. And then, I mean, Angel, you can jump in with all the iterations with, with the manufacturer. <laughs> Once you get it right, then you got to find someone to translate it right, right? Exactly. That's a hard place to be. I mean, uh, I can, we, we basically worked with manufacturer and had 20 something versions where we're like, okay, how do we do this? It, it was just, a, and this was during the pandemic. 
the beginning oh of the pandemic. Gosh. So we were trying to get a game and a product and a company started during the pandemic. <laughs> so we're fighting with freight and all sorts of things like that. But uh, I'm going to go over like basically there's four major teaching techniques that we basically put into the game. The first one is basically stepping into the shoes of another. So if you talk about reading and why reading is important, the more a child steps into a shoe of a character, the more they're able to think from another perspective. And that mm -hmm. repetitive thought process becomes habit. And then mm -hmm. the second one is um, the power of introspectively looking at an emotion, creating a relationship between you and an emotion. So for instance, when's the last time you felt nervous and how did your face feel, fingers feel, et cetera? What does it mean to be brave? Things like that. So we implemented that into the game. And then the third one is the facial mimicry where we actually, it's kind of like a game of charades, but you show an emotion and everybody makes it and you guess. So you practice reading the nuances between mom looking uh, maybe disappointed versus mad or sad. And then you see that mad or sad or, you know, silly looks different on different faces. So you're, you're basically practicing the actual facial recognition portion. Wow. And then it also comes with the guidebook that basically has additional activities where they can take these, what they're learning in the game to the real world. Wow. So those are the four pillars of what we call that create the, the gameplay itself. Wow, that, that's awesome. And so what is the, if there's not a winner, what's the end objective then that, that the group achieves together? There is a, there is a win actually. A so villain. that's the, oh, okay. <laughs> there's there a villain. Someone. Everybody fights against the villain. So he moves okay. into the sewer. He's living in a sewer and everything he touches basically turns red. And you have to, as a superhero team, you can't leave anyone behind. But every time you spin a superhero, you have to basically try to fix the red that's in the square. If you make it through the city once and all of it's fixed, then the superheroes win. If there's any red left over, then the bad guy wins. So, okay. so we still made it fun. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like that there's still a bad guy, right? Because there's yes. bad guys in life. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's day. funny because like the bad guy that we created, I think that that could be like a, our little demon within ourselves too. So <laughs> it's how you make it to yeah. be. We yeah. all have that guy. You're like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this game is geared toward families. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Originally, yes, um, we are you know, trying to bring it to family, um, promote it to, you know, we want to teach the parents how to teach the kids. So we right. want to bring the family. But um, we were really fortunate that we are um, endorsed by, I think, seven or eight um, professional associations by now that are teachers, you know, therapists and clinicians right. and special ed. Um, foundations and things like that so that they are actually using our tool in the school district in yeah. their therapist sessions um, so we're really happy that and that they come back and tell us and it's like oh my gosh you know my clients love it and we do see a change in their behavior and it just like it really validates what we're trying to do yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine I, when I was going through a divorce, my, my young kids who are now much older used to say, mom, if that lady asked me how I feel one more time, <laughs> and I wish they had something like this that could, that could be more collaborative. I think it would have been a lot more beneficial. Right. And I think um, that's the beauty of, you know, having it into the game because it gamifies things. So like people, when they're playing it, they don't feel like being, you know, point at you like it's yeah yeah it's, 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 oh, it's just a light on your face hey talk yeah. about how you feel now yeah the Go. spotlight's on me I don't want to talk about it <laughs> you know it's you know why is it always but when you put it into the game you know that takes that edge off 
Yes. And so they're more likely to share because it was just a game, you know? <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh man. So what is the ideal age where a child can start to kind of comprehend these feelings and be able to play this game and gain some of that knowledge? I think um, it goes beyond this game actually, because a lot of um, therapists and teachers are telling us, you know, um, they're using the components separately for different settings. You know, mm -hmm. if you don't play the whole game, that's okay. There are um, cards that you can use, you know, separately. Um, so I feel like in teaching kids, you know, we should go as young as they understand, you know, like sign languages, you mm -hmm. know, like when they're crying, they can't even use their words to communicate. Um, so we give them the words, we teach them and say, oh, are you, are you hungry? Right? Are you hungry? Are you tired? Um, do you need a nap or do you need a hug? So I think that needs to go as young as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but um, this game, um, because it's language dependent, so um, it's for five and up that they, you know, after they play with parents, you know, or adults uh, for mm -hmm. a few times, they can take it on their own. But if there's an adult there, um, they can actually play um, from three to four years old. So yeah, 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 toddlerhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love that you're getting it into schools with teachers. What, what has the, um, I, I know it's, it, when, when did the product officially launch? It was uh, November of 2021. 2021. Okay, so over a year, year and a half yeah. now then. Mm -hmm. So it actually, uh, the funding went through beginning of December that year. So about a year and a half we've been available in the market. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> nice. What's it been like trying to get the word out? Difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you came with the background and you have some background in marketing. Is that right, yes. Tina? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Angel, have you now, did either of you ever own a business, manage or run a business or anything outside of like just your nine to five corporate type responsibility or academia responsibility? What has that? Yeah, a lot of absolutely. our listeners are coming from corporate or some type of very stable nine to five kind mm -hmm. of job to what this shit show we're all a part of now. I know. So. This <laughs> is my like, third let's company. Let's talk about actually. that. Is this it is okay? Third, then you know yeah. some stuff. I mean, the, what was, it was that first of, like compared to this? Ah. Well, you learn along the way, really, but there's always yeah. new things to learn because all three of the companies I started were doing different things. The first one was an online magazine. The second one was a baby boy clothes company. And okay. then this now. So everything's different, but you take a little bit from each of that. Right. Yes. The first time yes. was OK. And also uh, because I worked in media, I know I used to receive all the PR messages from all the companies trying to launch. So yeah. I know how to actually reach the, the correct people. Yeah. And then you learn a little bit of that. And then you go into, you know, writing magazines, online you know, articles and things like that. How do you get readership, which is another mm -hmm. aspect of it. And then you go into selling and deciding, OK, you have an actual product. Now you have to, you know, sell as returns and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. And so a little bit is learned, but now yeah, also in a new realm, right? We're basically the market openers of a space that there's not that many products in. So mm -hmm. now being the first movers, you have an advantage and a disadvantage. So that's what we're struggling with is we have to, if the market doesn't see that there's an issue, yeah. then they're not looking for a solution. The people right. who see the issue already knows they need a solution. So I mm -hmm. think that's our biggest struggle right now with where we're at. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Angel, 
What, what do you say to that? Yeah, um, I do have a degree um, in program evaluation. So I've been hired by company to, you know, kind of consult, you know, what to do as, you know, at looking at the whole organization and how to revamp it and, and things like that. And mm -hmm. so um, I've also been an editor. Um, so copywriting as part of part of that as well. Um, so it's really interesting to, you know, tap into all the different um, experiences that I've had before and then trying to conglomerate it and then put it into this, this yeah. new business. Um, now, is it hard I, to take that high level view of your own business? Because I know for me, I can come into a business and go, okay, let's look at your marketing. Let's look at your processes. Let's look at your sales. Let's look at these things. And I can point the finger really easily mm -hmm. to other businesses. But when it comes to mine, it just seems like, oh, well, my children can do no wrong. <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of interesting because um, we are in a new market. We Definitely. are not traditional board game where it's just, you know, just is playing for fun. Mm -hmm. We are not therapeutic, you know, tools only for that's, you know, for, for therapists or teachers. So mm -hmm. we're kind of in the middle. And yeah. so it's difficult to, this is what's difficult for us right now is to change the consumer behavior. Cause we want to get, you know, right now parents are busy. You know, I have three boys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> parents are busy and they don't have the time to yeah. sit down and spend that time, you know, and play a game. And yeah. that's what actually we want to do. And that's been difficult because it's so easy to give them an iPad or give them a phone and just like, yeah. leave me alone for, for five minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So that consumer behavior, it's difficult to change. And I think that we did not anticipate that in the beginning, but yeah. you know, but this is part of you know what we're trying to promote as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, right now we're still in the in the era, you know, like my my kid is almost to the college, you know, age. So like, there's almost. a lot of you're almost there. Angel. You're almost <laughs> there. <laughs> you're almost there. <laughs> but you know, like, there's such still such a emphasis on academics you know you need to get your grades up you know you need to you know you know take your AP test and the da, 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 da. everybody's like so stressed about how do you apply to college but you know this is just but that emotional um and social components completely being you know just not there for them yeah um yeah. and it's really really sad because in the Bay Area, we see a lot of, before the pandemic, um, it has been a consistent, a, a huge problem. We see teenage suicides, yeah. like basically yeah. like each year. And mm -hmm. it's horrifying, you know, yes. and they don't have that tool to cope with the, all that stress. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, so I feel like, you know, there's there is a lot beyond beyond college years, right? <laughs> I mean, for sure, so, right? Yeah. Um, so God, I what, hope my college years weren't the best years of my life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm living those right now. I guarantee it. College, <laughs> right? Exactly. I agree, so yeah. I think that is like to 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 teach that to the parents is difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for them to see yeah. that. Well, guess what? There's you know, if they know how to handle whatever life throws at them, they're going to be okay. You right. know, if you yeah. have that positivity mindset, 
you're going to be okay, no matter what you do, you know? So that is, that's what we want to transmit to all the parents out there. I love that. And I think we do have to catch them. I mean, yes, there's hope for our teenagers and those, in those older kids, junior high, high school, college age kids, but we have to start earlier. We have to teach our children to communicate with each other. Um, I had a guest on a few weeks ago who wrote a book called PR parenting, and she had a very similar background. Well, not, not necessarily, but lots of, um, background in politics and, and, um, and heavy communication and started her children so young, like for the tooth fairy, they would have to write a letter talking about their experience and what they expected back. And it was just so genius to me that I'm, I love that I'm continuing to hear like from women like you that are going, look, there's a problem. We have to create a solution for this problem. Our kids can't communicate. And I hear people, no offense. I, I, I know damn sure they don't listen to my podcast. So like folks like my parents or older people saying things like, oh, these kids can't even talk to someone these days. They won't even look up from the register when you're at Wendy's or wherever you're at. Exactly. Yeah. You raised them. You raised Mm -hmm. us. You spoke for us. We didn't, we don't know how to talk or communicate, or we were told, shh, you're being too loud. Only the adults talk or Mm -hmm. whatever it was that people were told as kids, like, well, here we are now. And now our 20 year olds can't talk to somebody. Right. Be seen and not be heard. Right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, and I, I mean, think, I what, think that's what's so fantastic about our product because you know we are teaching them the vocabulary. You know, we our our emotions is like twenty eight different emotions included yeah. in our package, and it's just not it's not just happy, mad, or sad anymore. You know, yeah. um, it was amazing because like for my kid, you know, he's he he's he, you know he he'll forget things a lot of times, and then like a lot of times it's like, hey, you know, I ask him, how come you forgot to bring this book to school and then he will use the emotion that we have in here and say oh I guess I'm sorry mommy but I was feeling absent-minded so he was using the words to communicate like oh I must be absent-minded that's what I forgot so next time I will remember yeah being able to name that thing is everything right right just even if you think about even our communication in marriage what is that what is a man's default emotion. It's anger so many times, but, but nine times out of 10, I've found with my partner, it comes from a place of fear and not knowing how to communicate that fear, whatever we're fearing, it just comes out as anger and as frustration or whatever. And if we can name that thing, then we can always take a step, you know, the other direction. I'm curious to know what else is on, what else is on those cards. Oh, this is, this is so much like, we actually um, put in several that's not emotion. It's like um, thoughtful, um, helpful. So it's just trying to get in, you know, being, you know, more empathetic. Um, yeah. Worry, you know, lonely, jealous, um, unkind, bored, disgusted, <laughs> um, yeah. excited. So it's it's like a whole slew of things that, you know, yeah. just to make them be aware that, there's just more nuance than just having yeah. that. Um, exactly. And yeah. for them to explore that, for them to tap into, you know, what it is, they're able to verbalize it. And so like when you say that, and then when a parent uh, like see a child's being, you know, like all like in the tantrum, tantrum mood, mm-hmm. when a parent is able to say, hey, are you feeling frustrated because we can't go to the store right now? 
you know, yeah. for a parent to verbalize that to the child, the child hears it. And, you know, that completely just melts down and just like, oh, mommy got yeah. what I'm feeling. So I don't mm -hmm. need to like fight, you know, yeah. with her right. to, to show how I'm happy I am. Right. Mm -hmm. She understand what I'm saying. So, okay, let's, let's see what else she has in the store. So that yeah. immediately just put the water on, onto that fire, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what's so powerful about this. I love that when they can calm down for just a split second, understand that yeah. they're heard, then they can make a choice. Right. Yeah. Instead and of our, reacting. And our product, it's um, based on cognitive behavioral therapy strategy. So um, we use this um, thoughts, feeling, action to really, really assess the, um, the scenarios that we're trying to bring in. So, you know, like for them to think, you know, a situation here, um, you know, what do you think really happened, right? So that already for them to say, oh, hold on a second, before I jump into a, a crazy mood, mm -hmm. a crazy feeling, let me calm down, assess the situation. What am I, what am I dealing with right now? Right, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. That's calm down and think about it logically. And then, then we tap into the feeling um, and say, okay, this uh, situation and my feelings are always valid. We'll never say that there's a bad feeling and that's not an appropriate, be, you know, feeling. Um, mm -hmm. It's all valid because you know, we're human. We feel, yeah, right? right. Um, so why do you think you feel in this way or this person's feeling this way? And then so that to understand what they're feeling, that's really, really powerful. And then mm -hmm. we talk about the actions. Is this person doing, do you think that's appropriate in this situation? Is this a socially acceptable behavior? Um, what would you do if you were in that situation? So like all this is training them to problem solve mm -hmm. a situation and then yeah. to communicate and then to, to make the right decision and to make the right choices in their life. Yeah. So imagine um, if adults could do that. Imagine if we could actually look at a situation and say, okay, there's the way I feel about this situation. Then there's this, the way this other person feels. And then there's something in the middle that's probably more closer to the truth and then react to that, respond to that instead of react. I think we're going to have a whole lot less jerks exactly. in traffic. Thanks to you exactly. guys. One of these days. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We've had so many counselors and therapists tell us the same thing. Like, do you have a version of this for adults? Adults? Right? I, know. <laughs> I need to take this to networking meetings. We need to talk about yes. what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. People are asking for a workspace one and then another yes. one for marriage, you know, how to deal with okay. and yeah. you know, how to talk to girls. I mean, that's just a matter of switching out a few words and going with the same there good go. material. Go. That's good content, no matter who it's targeted to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So who is, I have two questions and we're already mm -hmm. running out of time. I can't believe it. Um, two questions. One, well, three, really, um, price point number one, uh, number two, how long does it actually take to play typically a full round of the game? Are we talking Monopoly six hours? Are we talking, you know, trouble or <laughs> because that'll maybe start even more fights. Um, and then who is really that? Who is the tar? I hear you saying families, but who's like the target demographic? Are we trying to get it into schools? Are we just really trying to get into homes, churches? Um, so how much, how long and who? How much? Seventy nine ninety nine, okay, <laughs> plus shipping, and okay. then um, the how long? It starts at thirty minutes. 
So okay. an average game, a family of four, about 30 minutes to an okay. hour, depending on how long you want to talk. Yeah. Okay. So an hour max. Okay. Um, and then your third question was, um, who? what's the target market? Yeah. It's families and schools and counselors. Unfortunately, it's all of them because Everyone. everywhere we can inject where a child will sit there and listen and have time. That's where we want to go. We did yeah. start off targeting just families mm-hmm. because we wanted them to have that tool. So mm-hmm. currently it's being able to be used in all three of those environments, therapists, mm-hmm. counselors, and families. Okay. Awesome. I love that. And what's the best way for someone to learn more, buy one gift? You know, maybe if that parent doesn't have the time, 30 minutes to an hour, that's sad to say we don't have that time. But if we don't, maybe we could gift that to our kid's teacher. We could gift that to our kid's classroom or to our kid's therapist or counselor, or the school in general, or to the library. Um, exactly. It's available on our website. So, um, and it's, yeah. MyTinySprouts.com. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my, my tiny sprouts.com. <laughs> my tiny sprouts.com. Wow. Well, that is, man, you guys are awesome. Where um you guys have socials, people can follow you there as well to learn more about uh the product and kind of what what where it's at, where it's going, what it's doing. Yep, all the socials at my tiny sprouts. You'll all find right. us. <laughs> They've made it easy for you guys. Yes. <laughs> Anything else either one of you guys would like to say? I'll let you wrap it up, Angel. <laughs> well, we're here for families, you know, um, so this is what we really believe. Um, and, you know, emotional well-being and, and needs, you know, needs to be learned and strengthened, just like a muscle is. And, you know, character traits such as kindness, perseverance, integrity, positive, you know, growth mindset, and social skills, those are the essential building blocks mm-hmm. to a healthier, well-rounded childhood development and adulthood success. Um, so uh, we hope that what we're bringing, you know, can, you know, instill a little of that to the families. So yeah. we tr- want to change that one game at a time. So It's needed. It's definitely needed. And I'm here for, I'm here for the work version. I'm here for the marriage version. <laughs> I love this. Stay Everyone tuned. needs to communicate better. I can't yes. wait to watch and follow you guys as you reiterate this uh, business and, and change lives and change families and relationships. It's beautiful. Thank you both for being my guests and for being queens who lead. Thank you so much Thank for the you. opportunity, Amy. You guys are Thank awesome. you for having us. You're welcome.